This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel Is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hello, my name is Kristen Vassan, and I am a director of business development at Foursquare. And I love travel because I think it is one of the most transformative things a person can do with their life. Um, You know, it brings such unique perspective. It gives us compassion for people and new cultures. um, And you often end up making really great friends along the way. Um, And those moments are not just special, but they belong only to you. And you get to keep them forever. What could your travel brand do if it truly understood the offline behavior of your travelers? Meet the Switzerland of Location Data. This is a technology company changing the landscape of how travel companies personalize their experiences. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Kristen, what do you consider to be the current state of personalization for the travel industry? Hot button topic, but what do you think? What's the reality? Yeah, so this has been something that comes up quite a bit. Um, you know, if you're if you have a pulse on just travel industry trends, which I think most of your listeners do, um, you know, Skift has mentioned personalization as a a, a word that should not be forgotten or kind of lost in um, in the mix. I think it's gained a lot of momentum and it's becoming seriously more important and talked about um, in in these megatrend events. Um, you know, I just listened to the Skift Megatrends podcast this morning from the 2019 event they hosted in New York a few weeks ago. Um, I think every digital marketer is really thinking about how to make this part of their roadmap and strategy. Um, you know, the the interesting thing about personalization is that, you know, you've got more and more millennials and just people in general, even our parents' generation, opting in to have things like location tracked or cookies tracked, right? Because they see value in there being something in it for them. Um, you know, it's like I think over 60% of millennials was the last number I heard are opting in to have location tracked as long as there's something in it for them. So people expect to be receiving personalized experiences, right? Um, that seems like a high percentage, don't you think, like, compared to other data that people are willing to share? It It is, but it's growing, right? Because yeah. I think we've kind of crossed or we've we've surpassed that hump of like, you know, it it feeling creepy to it being expected. Um, I was actually at a cafe in L.A. last year, and I'm not really familiar with the, the neighborhood there. Um, but I was in, um, you know, a part of town where I wasn't too far from a few spots. I love craft beer. I love tacos. And I got a push notification from Foursquare while I was just sitting at my laptop. I didn't have my phone out. But my phone alerted me saying, hey, it looks like you're not too far from Firestone Walker Brewing. Make sure that you check out their awesome craft beer and tacos since we know you love both. And I thought, that's amazing. Like I found value in that experience because my phone knew where I was and it tapped me on the shoulder with some sort of contextually aware recommendation that enhanced my experience in Los Angeles. And I ended up going to Firestone Walker and I had a 
great beer and, and a great you know order of tacos. And just knowing that that technology exists makes me wonder why more of the things in my phone aren't doing that for me. And so I think that you're going to see a growing trend in people comparing brands to one another based on the technology, the technological experiences that they have with one brand versus the other versus um, just comparing brands, right? Like when was the last time you were going to like book a flight or book a hotel and you were 100% loyal to one particular brand, right? I think the the last Deloitte industry report I looked over said something like 9% of people who book travel actually know for sure which brand they're going to be um, making a purchase, pur- sorry, a purchase with. Um, which goes to show that most people aren't really planning that next adventure with one name in mind, right? Um, that Foursquare example I just gave you, if you were to have that experience and then open up an airline app and it act like it's, you know, 2003, you would probably kill the app, remove it from your phone and move on to the next thing that provides you with a better experience. Totally done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have Literally. too, right? Yeah. So people expect it. They're looking for personalization. They're looking for the app that's going to provide them with the best techno- technological experience. So um, there was a managing director, I, I forget her name, from United um, at the Skift Global Forum last year. And I remember she said something so interesting. It was like people are no longer comparing brands. They're comparing technology to one another, right? So a lot of these travel and hospitality companies have to think about how do I become a tech company versus how do I be the best hotel or how do I be the best airline? You know, a lot of these guys think about like rolling out the red carpet. Yeah. And my, my perspective on that is like, you have to remember that if you want to make a good first impression in today's world, the rolling out the red carpet is actually the first impression that you make digitally, right? So that first impression that a consumer is going to have of your brand is going to be with your digital platform. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we you alluded to Foursquare. Foursquare has obviously um, been making a lot of moves in the travel space. Congrats. And um so I'd, uh, maybe be helpful. You can walk through because I'm, I'm a Foursquare user myself. Um, the consumer app is not necessarily the full breadth of what Foursquare is and does. Um, so maybe you could tell me a little bit about Foursquare, um, maybe some of your experience there, and, um, and what direction uh, Foursquare is going to try to create that personalization for for travel specifically. That was a loaded question. But let's start with like, hey, Foursquare, what's that? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you you said you used Foursquare, right? So I think a lot of people listening remember Foursquare as the, the check-in app, right? It helps you become the mayor of your office. Totally or, the mayor of my college bar. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, exactly. So, you know, we still have that in, in, the, um, in the app store. We've got two consumer apps, Foursquare City Guide and Swarm. Um, But what a lot of people don't realize is Foursquare really pivoted to become a uh, huge player in the enterprise location space. So we are, I would consider us a B2B enterprise SaaS 
location technology platform, and we power location for some of the biggest brands in tech. Um, you know, if you've written a tweet recently and geotagged where that tweet was, that's calling our API. If you um, take an image with a Samsung Galaxy S7 or S8 device and look at the location of where that image was taken, that's coming from Foursquare. Um, you know, we ultimately, through our partner ecosystem, reach over a billion people a day. So that just goes to show the scale um, of our technology and, and all the people that it reaches. So, you know, what's interesting and, and what I love about Foursquare is having this this technology um, is we we really believe in giving people more and more reasons to put their phone away. Think about all the times you travel and you are buried in your phone with fear of missing out. Right. I actually was in Portugal last summer and there was this place that I visited with like a Moorish castle on top of a mountain. And I all I wanted to do was get to the top so that I could take in pictures and put it on Instagram and remember that moment. Right. But the thing is that I had my my phone out in front of me the whole time because I needed to figure out how to get to the top. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing cafes or things along the way. And all of that technology kind of running in the background killed my battery. So when I got to the top, <laughs> I was not only lost, but I had no phone left to take pictures oh, with. No. So what Foursquare wants to do is we want to give um, marketers the ability to bake this location tech that we've got, um, which essentially listens to where your phone is in the real world. And it does a couple things. It, one, um, knows where you have stopped and it can ultimately see the the venue where you are when you've stopped. And two, it can kind of tap you on the shoulder. Remember that example I mentioned about going to L.A. and having the push notification say, hey, it looks like you're near a place with good beer and tacos. Check it out. Yeah. We want to be able to do that, not just for our own consumers, but for the partners that we work with as well. So imagine a world where you go to Portugal. Maybe you've saved a bunch of things that you'd like to do while you're on your journey but you keep your phone in your pocket and the only time that you have to pull it out is when there's an app in there with Foursquare tech running in the background that can tap you on the shoulder and remind you that, hey, you saved this tapas place. Uh, you're only a few blocks from it because you're in Barcelona. Make sure that you stop and check it out, right? right. So it's giving people their that life back, that ability to be present um, and really only use their phone when and where it matters most. That's really um that's really great. Is there is a pretty large network, uh, a billion check-ins, you said, or a billion? Well, we see a billion, billion check-ins a year now, but we reach a billion consumers through um, our own first-party apps in addition to the uh, the other providers that we work with, Samsung, Twitter, and et cetera. I guess the question I would have is there um, is there information or data that you're able to use from one partner to the other? So we we don't um, in that sense because of just data privacy. Right. We take that very seriously. Um, you know, if you were, let's say, a hospitality company, though, and you were to integrate our SDK into your app to do that exact thing that I just mentioned, right? Like mm -hmm. being able to tap a guest on the shoulder when they're near a place they've saved. Um, any sort of data that you collect on your own users will belong to you. Um, and think about how much you could do with that, right? Going back to the topic of personalization, if you know 
Kristen's offline behavior, which, by the way, is 90 percent of the way we interact with the world. Ten percent of what we do is online through the online digital platforms. But, I mean, when you ask someone, what did you do yesterday or this morning? Right. The last thing they're going to say is, well, I opened my phone and then first I visited <laughs> The New York Times and then I visited Instagram. Right. Yeah. They're going to say I went to the coffee shop and then I dropped my kids off at school and then I went to work. And we think very much as far as the places that we go. So if you're a, a digital marketer and you suddenly have insight into where your users are going in the real world, what can you do with that information, right? Knowing that Kristen likes going to wine bars or tapas joints or going to see live music suddenly opens a world of opportunity to marketers who uh, want to surprise and delight their consumers, right? If I'm uh, if I am a jazz aficionado and you can suddenly start to see through you know, your own hospitality app, because I've opted in to share my location with you, you can start to see that Kristen likes going to jazz shows or theater. How could that information better my experience the next time I plan a trip to, let's say, Chicago? Wouldn't it be cool to check into my hotel and to have that front desk say, by the way, we know you love jazz. We've saved you discounts on tickets downtown this for this weekend, right? Those are the kinds of things that I think people are expecting more and more of. And that's one way that we're helping um, brands, especially in travel and hospitality. That's really interesting. And I assume, because um, to to keep Foursquare powerful, basically, the, the information and the recommendations powerful, not Foursquare as a company, right. but it's like, a, you know, the, the, um, the service that you guys are providing to these partners is it essentially just learning on top of like um, uh, existing recommendations? So you just integrated with Hilton, right? You're doing the Hilton's Honors Program. Um, do I have to be actively using Hilton's Honors app to really get the big benefit of 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 Foursquare Insight, or are there things from the consumer app that are able to help inform what recommendations make sense for that guest? I guess how do you how do you lever, like how do you um, maximize the personalization but manage data privacy at the exact same time? Yeah, that's it's a very hard thing to do. Right. <laughs> yes, but. I mean, a lot of it is. I think a lot of it comes down to transparency with your audience, right? I mean, I will gladly share my location with Hilton if they're honest with me about what they're doing with the data they collect. And I, I think we're seeing a shift now, especially in light of like Cambridge Analytica and all of these big tech companies that have been, you know, notoriously shady with data. There's been a huge push for transparency and in just an overall, um, you know, call for action to be more clear with policy and, you know, what are you actually going to do with my data? If I know that it's going to ultimately benefit me, then I think um, there's there's a reason why I would op opt in to share location, preferences, things like that. Again, Foursquare does not make any sort of user data available to its partners. I think that's something we have we take very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes, though, to a hospitality company seeking to build more personalized experiences on top of what they might already know about their users. Um, I th that's just where the opportunity is, right? right. No one in the travel space or it really in, in any of these spaces has figured out a way to bridge what they already know with what they could know by 
understanding how users move about the real world, right? Like we're only just starting to see that technology come into the marketplace, um, right? So if I know that, let's say Kristen likes a room with a view, king size bed, doesn't like staying near the elevator. Who right? does? <laughs> <laughs> right? Who does? But it's like, what else can you pair on top of that? Um, you're not going to be able to really understand that unless you start putting tech into your mobile apps that allow you to glean those types of insights from your consumer base. So I think we're going to see more and more companies in the next year, two years, um, you know, trending toward bringing things like that into their platforms. Hmm. Really interesting. We we are definitely going to uh, break in more about that aspect of the travel industry, but I want to break open this snack that you brought today. Yes. <laughs> um, so you want to tell me about it? What, Do you want me that? to literally open the yes, bag Yes, I'd right love now? to open that bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we might need scissors. Okay, so my my mom uh, is – she was born in Honduras, and um, she was there recently, and she knows that one of my favorite treats from Honduras are sweet plantains, fried sweet plantains. So in Spanish, we call them maduros, um, but – as you've probably seen at bodegas here in the city, um, you can get your hands on like the savory plantains with garlic and lemon and chili pepper. Oh, I love those. Um, but these are going to be on the sweet side. So she sent them to me, but I thought I'd bring them in to share. Um, Let's ahead. do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Make sure you like take a bite into the mic because it's real crunchy. Oh, I'll try it at home. There you go. <laughs> Sorry for anybody who doesn't like that sound, but good stuff. This, Have more. It's really good. I love these. Mm. And so these are from Honduras. These were sent to you. They are. Yes. Mm. Have you been? I have not. No, but now I have all the reason to. <laughs> it's a, a very special place. Coming up, you'll hear how travel startups can innovate with Foursquare's data and platform, and how Hilton and other brands are already doing it. to laugh do you love great interviews with a lot of heart do you like good stories do you like to hear about life well good news because if you listen to a show called funny people talking all of that happens right danielle all of it happens every single thing you said on that list and more hey, well elsie does any of it not happen it all happens Come on, Elsie. Okay. It really right. happens. Okay, well, you should join us on Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network. You can find us anywhere. You can find a great podcast. And I know it's true because these people loved it. <laughs> Only for a short time while they were listening to the show, Then Life Sucked. Listen to Funny People Talking. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. So let's talk about loyalty mm -hmm. because 
also a very big, you know, hot topic and travel has, has been for a long time. Um, and some of the things we've talked about in terms of how um, Foursquare's technology can can inform personalization, obviously that plays into your roles with uh, and your, your impact with travel brands that you partner with. Um, what do you think... Um, what do you think is like a, a good example of this? Um, how, how can a brand build loyalty while the traveler is in destination? So you can probably go beyond that, right? I'll give you an example of, of what isn't good or what tends to happen, I think, to most of us. Um, a few months ago, I was online buying a baby shower present for one of my closest friends. And I have been trolled by the internet with ads and all kinds of emails for all things baby. Like you would think that I have, I'm expecting, right? Diapers. I I don't even know what you buy for a baby because I don't have one. (laughs) Um, But I think the point is that that 10% of online behavior that the uh, the marketers observed of me was misused, right? If these brands had the ability to understand where I go in the real world, which see is 90%. You haven't gone to Bye Bye Baby or like... Right. Okay. Right? I mean, if you can see where I go in the offline world, you can suddenly start to draw a more accurate conclusion of who I am, right? Um, and so I, I encourage marketers to think about this in the context of how they interact with travelers, right? Just because... Um, I might be booking stays at certain brands or in certain destinations for business travel doesn't really define who I am, right? Maybe I like going to see live music or, you know, going to have craft coffee um, or craft beer, right? How could you integrate what you know about my offline behavior with my upcoming stay or the types of things that you're recommending and promoting to me? Um, I think that there's so much uncharted territory in that at, in that regard mm-hmm. yeah. that I'm just excited to see what um, you know what brands can do by having that understanding of offline behavior. What will that mean for loyalty programs for the types of um, partnerships that they're creating to incentivize new user acquisition? There's a lot to be done in the space. Okay, I I think the other thing too is I'm I'm like where am I going with this? Um, understanding offline behavior stuff, right? Because I think what it means is like if you if you can piece together the map of your consumer based on like what they do offline, um, like how can that – I mean there's a huge difference, right, with like a weather app saying I like you're at Yankee Stadium. I mean AccuWeather uses our SDK in their app mm-hmm. and they have this unique ability like context I think is – is the key ingredient to what you're asking, which is like, if I know that Kristen is at Yankee Stadium and it's going to rain in five minutes, I'm, I'm going to tell her to take cover because I know it's her first time there in a while and she's probably not prepared with an umbrella. But if it's about to rain and I'm in my office and I happen to be there every single day, like you know that's where I am, you're not going to push notify me a weather alert because I don't need that kind of information. Context is so key to right. what you're asking. So like – understanding offline behavior i think um you can you can do it well or you can execute on that well with with context and that's what foursquare is really good at mm-hmm. right by putting our sdk for example in that accuweather app um it helps them determine 
you know, whether or not to ping someone because we we know in general how that user tends to go about their day, right? Um, That's very helpful. And and if you think about it, it can – so essentially individual brands um, have to get smarter and smarter about how they manage their customers' data. I mean, of course, with compliance with the – with all data privacy laws and such, but the the for them to be relevant, they have to be thinking about data, not just technology, um, and how they're leveraging that data yep. more and more. Yeah, I mean, brands think about it too. Like brands need to be, they need to not just be contextually relevant, um, but they need to be on the money accurate. I was literally playing with an app uh, last year, which had competing technology running in the background. So whatever they were using claimed to do what Foursquare does, which is like we have the ability to know where your users go and we can alert your mobile marketing automation system with Mm -hmm. a stop detection, right? So That's the Pilgrim SDK. So our Pilgrim SDK does that, right? We have the ability to essentially um, see location trails about users and then tell a story about those consumers based on where they go. So in my in this example, I was at the eye doctor in Denver, Colorado, and it was 1130 in the morning. And I got I kept getting push notifications to try the spaghetti because the competing <sighs> technology that was in this travel app that I had been testing out was wrong. Like it was just contextually off and it kept getting my location wrong. Um, so it's, you know, and, and I was super, so annoyed cause I'm at the eye doctor and I, I don't <laughs> want spaghetti. spaghetti. Like I deleted the app and I never <laughs> came back to it. And you, so, you know, marketers have to take that risk in mind when they think about, um, testing this stuff out, right? It's not just like whether or not you should do it. Everyone should be thinking about this. Um, but they should also be making sure that they are working with tech that they trust, that you know where the tires have really been kicked in and and vetted um because the yeah the cost of sending someone the wrong push notification or you know hammering people with information when they're not actually in the place that you think they're in like that could cost you a, a consumer yeah uh it's it's interesting you bring up other other players trying to power location services um i was you know that interview with jeff Glick, your Foursquare CEO, talked very openly about how, you know, Google and and others would have location services and they do have powerful location services, but it doesn't make sense for brands to partner with them because of the competing, uh, you know, uh, services and products that eventually are being offered. Am am I giving the right kind of um, summary of that, I guess, to say that, you know, there's a reason that Uber would partner with you guys as opposed to Google because, you know, Google might get into the autonomous vehicle space or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Jeff, his words, he, he calls Foursquare the Switzerland of location data and technology. Um, and there is a good reason for that. You know, I, I like to say that we're, we're map agnostic. Um, we, you essentially can partner with us and use us in a number of ways without, fear of our business strategy completely pivoting or us changing the rules on you with a month's notice and you having to find a completely new location provider. Like we just, that's just not our business. You know, we've, I think a lot of people look to us as the original travel app and we've made our 
platform and our data available to the world in a way that allows for future innovators to build on top of what we created. But we're not going to take that away, um, as you might risk seeing with some of these bigger players in this space. That's a good. That's a good point too. It's. I mean, there's something um, Voyager sees a lot of is a lot of startups that are trying to uh, power discovery or like you know improve recommendation engines um, when you're in a destination. Um, and a lot of the ways they're just trying to create a new Foursquare. And uh, what what can a startup do to um, to create something that would be more beneficial, maybe by being powered by the Pilgrim SDK or Foursquare's tech. You're asking what 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 the next big idea in travel is? <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> even more succinctly, like are you know are travel startups able to use Foursquare's technology um, to power their own, just the way that these big brands are? Are are startups able to to use Foursquare's SDK and? and yeah, be able to uh, mm-hmm. try to iterate on it? Absolutely. I mean, again, I think there's – if you're a developer and you're thinking about how could I leverage Foursquare to make something great, there's really two parts to the uh, recipe. One is we have this rich database of over 105 million places globally that you can ingest into whatever travel solution you're powering – um, and and share with the real world, right? So what's really cool about about our place data is that, you know, and I've been in the map space for a decade. Like I love location so much. So I th- just think this is so cool, right? You have people going to restaurants and saying this place was cozy or I celebrated my birthday here or it was great for groups, right? And we've machine learned all of the tips and things that people have said about places globally and appended those tastes and things to our venues. So we can tell you more than what you're going to find from the rest of the players in the location space who might say, I've got a venue name, lat long, address, etc. We go so many levels deeper by being able to tell you that this place is not only Italian, but it is a cozy, romantic Italian place, right? And so think about now, if you're a travel brand and you're trying to give people tools to curate that perfect anniversary getaway or a bachelor party, right, you can essentially search against terms that our users have left about places in a way that you just can't find with any other location provider out there. So that's our places database. And then the other piece is that core tech that I that we've been talking about, the Pilgrim SDK, which, you know, it allows you to listen passively to where your consumers go in the real world and both tell stories about them. So suddenly it's like, what can you do by just knowing how your consumers go about their day or how they travel, right? Um, It allows you to segment more effectively, communicate more effectively, go to market more effectively, um, but it also allows you to engage more effectively, right? So we can tell you both that a user has stopped at a place, but we can also give you the we're kind of the first domino in the waterfall to say, hey, you know, John has stopped at, at this venue. It's his first time in Los Angeles. What are you going to say to him, right? How can we surprise and delight him? So those two pieces, right, the rich data that we know about the real world and then our ability to kind of listen in the background, I think is the next generation of location tech. Um, I, I just haven't seen anyone else out there really doing this. So 
my question back to you or anyone listening who's a travel startup is like, what are you going to do knowing that these tools exist, right? What could you innovate with? Um, you know, and Jeff, our founder, or not our founder, I'm sorry, our CEO, he was the founder of Site 59 way back before 9-11, got acquired by Travelocity. And his story is so inspiring because like this was during, this was during the uh, dot-com bubble burst, um, no one was traveling in light of 9-11. He, he himself had said, like, you know, people told me never to go down this avenue because the market was saturated with travel brands. And he built an OTA essentially designed to give people the ability to search for experiences instead of just flights or just hotels. So he found a, a need, right? There was, like, still something missing. Sure, there's travel sites out there, but he was able to think of like a way that our needs still hadn't been met. Um, and I, there's a reason why there's so many travel startups out there still, right? Everyone is thinking like there's still a need that isn't being met. So my, my hope is that people can start kind of filling those gaps with, um, with our data and our, our platform. Very well said. <laughs> you recently have partnered with a bunch of really impressive travel brands. I mean, uh, I heard that the the Pilgrim SDK is now powering TripAdvisor's app. Um, you integrated with the Hilton the Hilton Honors program. How, like, how are you partnering with them? Uh, Hilton, for example, how are you kind of powering their their um, Honors program? Yeah. So, um, you know, the Hilton one was really exciting because I think they've they've been the first really in the in the marketplace to address um, this need for more local recommendations um, of things to do when you're planning your next trip or in trip that you know a brand as large as Hilton they have so many properties they I, when I hear Hilton right I think I think of like a 1-800 number and having to be on hold forever <laughs> right and so I think they've really um, they address that head on by creating tools for their employees to build more intimate um, connections with their guests. So Hilton employees essentially now have the ability to curate personalized lists of their favorite things to do, right? So if you're a team member in Dallas or you're a team member in Seattle, you can use Foursquare, bring a list of all your favorite things to do together. And then that list, um, in addition to your profile of your team member, get gets served out through the Hilton Honors app. So that next time that you've got a trip coming up to, you know, New York or wherever it may be, you can log into the Hilton Honors app. You can both see where your hotel is going to be from a map, and then you can view all of the fun things that different team members recommend. And I like that because, you know, in a in a in an age where you've got this Airbnb local host experiences, um, conversation really taking over the, the space, you've got a big brand like Hilton figuring out a way to do that. Yeah. Um, and that was completely their own, but they just so happened to be using this rich um, content provided by Foursquare to, to make those, to make that connection possible with their guests. Yeah. Personalizes it. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be personalization. And, well, it's and about yeah. Think it. about like how busy you are, right? You get mm -hmm. to a, a, your hotel. The last thing you want to do is, is, 
stop and actually talk to someone, as sad as that sounds, right? But we want to just sidestep the front desk and go straight to our room. Um, so this gives people a way to not necessarily have to stop and talk to the concierge, but we've uh, helped Hilton become an in-pocket concierge in many ways through this ability to bring locations and, and fun things um, to do in the area to the, the honors app. Coming up, you'll get to know Kristen and where she goes when she gets off the grid. Hey, everybody, this is Vikram Iyer with the American Enough podcast. And just wanted to thank all of you for listening and tuning in week after week. And this has been an incredible journey and examination of who America really is against the, the headwinds of our modern times. If you are interested in the perspectives of mayors and how the identity of their cities is changing America's fabric or how our foreign policy is changing the way that CIA agents do their business or even how those brave enough to come forward and, and stake a claim in the Time's Up or the Me Too movement, how their identities have, have been changed by speaking out so publicly, uh, or even if you're just interested in how Netflix documentarians are viewing the world and using satire and entertainment to cope with our current times, there is something for everybody across this channel, and uh, we hope that you continue to subscribe and like wherever you pod. American Enough can be found on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Um, and if you have any feedback or would like to, or have any ideas for more great shows, keep spreading the word. This is not over anytime soon. I know you've traveled quite a bit. So where in the world would I find you if you were trying to get completely off the grid? Ooh, I mean, it depends <laughs> what, where, I guess, where am I going next or where do I, where do I trend? I think that's, that's up to you. I mean, it, it could be where you want to get off the grid, somewhere you haven't gone yet, maybe, or somewhere you go that you love to get off the grid. Okay. Maybe ask it again, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Okay. I know you've traveled quite a bit. I'm going to prompt the whole thing because I liked it. Um, I know you've traveled quite a bit. So where in the world would I find you if you were completely off the grid? So I'm literally going to be off the grid for four <laughs> days next month in Northern California doing a silent meditation retreat. So they will take my phone away and I won't be able to speak to anyone for four days. I've never done that. Oh, my gosh. I know. Here I am on a podcast. I'm like, I can't imagine not speaking <laughs> for four days. But it's uh, it's something I've been um, looking forward to. So that's one thing. I, but I'd, I'd say, you know, beyond that, um, I am looking to go to Argentina or Chile this summer because on July 2nd, the solar eclipse is going to be passing through the southern hemisphere so again, another off the grid experience. I went to um, Oregon in 2017 and I saw the eclipse. I was like completely remote in the middle of the woods and I just had such a magical experience. And I said, the next time this thing happens to the universe, I'm going to be there for it. That's awesome. So I'm hoping, I mean, in Chile in the summer for us is going to be pretty cold down there, but I was thinking of finding like a good ski mountain and hopefully standing on top of the hill and watching it with my uh, eclipse glasses. Um, I've also, though, I mean, I love that. 
Indonesia is a place that I've always wanted to visit, um, and there is some really beautiful stuff there to check out. There's actually a volcano that a good friend of mine told me about. It's spelled E-J-E-N, I-J-E-N, um, and it emits blue lava and flames because of this sulfuric acid that lives within the volcano. So when you look at the – there's like a crater of water that's this really pretty – uh, like seafoam green color um, because of all of the sulfuric acid there. And then at night, it's just this eruption of bright blue. It feels like someone from so whoever made Avatar has like been <laughs> to this volcano. It's incredible. So I'm thinking of that as like an end of year adventure. I was really looking for something like off the grid. You know, this looks like maybe a Starbucks or like a McDonald's would be like right on that volcano. <laughs> like some offline behavior. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking for some like offline behavior that, the, right. you know, Four square plat. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's awesome. Those are great reasons to to get off the grid. An eclipse, a volcano, like, man, that's. I was just thinking, like, I'm I'm gonna like lay on a beach. Right. I, <laughs> that's terrific. Um, cool. So, is there a final thought? It could be something that you'd want to share uh, in reflection of what we've talked about right now, or uh, or just your experiences overall with travel. Um, really, anything that you just kind of want to. In the day with. Yeah, I mean, I think that I just think it's such an exciting time to be in this space. You know, I was reminiscing with a friend the other day about how I got my start in location tech. I used to travel all over the country training um, government officials how to use maps. Um, we would ship imagery and software to offices all over the, the country, and I would literally like go on site, integrate mapping technology into their GIS systems and platforms. That was in 2009. So just to think about where we are 10 years later, right? I'm talking about, you know, like sending hard drives in the mail to now where where you and I are sitting here talking about what, you know, what marketers can do to make my life more fulfilling by knowing where I go passively, just because I have a, a mobile phone, which didn't exist then, you know, so I just, I would say, like, stay inspired, stay curious. Um, everyone should be excited and and really thinking about how to take these tools that are suddenly available to us and build some really cool shit. Wonderful. And is there a way that somebody could get in touch with you or your work at Foursquare? Yeah, absolutely. Um, should I list my email on here? It's up to you. Email, Instagram, uh, anything really. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably a, a good um, way to connect with me. Um, and then, you know, my uh, my email is kvasan at foursquare.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again for hanging out with me today and talking travel and all things data and technology. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'll leave my plantains in case you want some more. I'm definitely going to have more of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, John Matson. Bon voyage. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B I Z Show. 
Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.